Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. And hi, everybody. Welcome to Paul Listnick Behind the Curtain. Uh, this one's a little bit different. Uh, we're not talking about a, a, a show to go see at the theater. We are talking about something that you do have just a limited time to see. And we're talking about something that if you grew up when I did or remember a show called The Golden Girls from the 80s uh, into the 90s, uh, then you know what? This is for you. Uh, and joining me now is Derek Berry, who is the mastermind because by behind creating what is known as the Golden Girls Kitchen, which I have been to, I have eaten uh, um, uh, Sophia's lasagna, but I'm gonna let him tell you all about it. Say hi to Derek. Derek, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Paul. Um, longtime fan, Chicago resident before I moved. So glad to be speaking with you. Love to talk politics sometimes, but even happier to be speaking not politics. So thank you for having me. Well, listen, the girls and the writers in that show, but politics was not far from their world. They, they were active in all that stuff, and they'd have a lot to say about it today. Uh, so anyway, this this is brilliant. I will tell you, I grew up when the Golden Girls were at their height, and and I was, you know, sort of single and going out. And I, nobody, at least among my group of friends, nobody left their house before 830. You did not leave on a Saturday night before Golden Girls was over. And if you did go out to, say, a local bar, that was what was on the screens People need to understand this thing had a life of its own, even when it was on forget post show, but that wasn't your growing up with it. You were a little bit younger. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's a compliment. I'm going to go with that. I am a little bit younger. Um, I will say, here's the thing. And I think a lot of people may like relate to this. My, my story with, with growing up is like, it wasn't my parents that were watching it. Like we were home, we were watching like, I don't know, married with children, things I shouldn't have been watching as a young child. Right. <laughs> But when I would go to my grandmother's, which was quite often, you're right, it was on all the time, right? And for me, I wasn't like looking to be like, "Eh, it's a kind of boring show. Like I didn't necessarily get the jokes, but I knew it was lighthearted. I knew it was like fun. My grandma laughed the entire time, right? It was like her show. So for me, there is like this like very nostalgic factor where like, yes, I may have not like necessarily been watching it, watching it in that sense at the time. But I was watching it, right? I was watching it with my grandmother, and I definitely distinctively remember it. I think I remember thinking, like, there's a show about people like my grandma. Like, I'm not, I don't understand it necessarily. And as I got older and older, like, I started to watch it more. Like, something would come on and go, like, oh, I remember that episode. And then you just watch it, right? In syndication or something. And then it'd be like, did they just say that? Like, wait, hold on. Like, they were doing that like 10 years, 15 years ago. And now I'm watching them like currently while we're doing this and we're de- developing the pop-up thinking like there's no way they were hitting those one-liners at this time. Like some of those things couldn't even like, you know, they're pushing boundaries right now. So yeah, I agree. Like there's so many different core memories to that show. But I think that if you can have a show that is like, it could be super popular when it was like, hope I'm using this word right, relevant, right? But like on, on like fully like, like new episodes are coming out. And then it could, this many years later, stay that relevant. It's like, it's, it's very telling. And for me, that helps when we're in the creative process. Like, well, could you justify a three or four month activation? Is there enough people who like it? Is there, and it, there is. So, um, yeah, I think that it, it's, that, look, you know, we're, we're just doing service to the show. It's incredible on its own. We're just here doing homage to it. 
And the concept is not new to you. I mean, obviously, bucket listers, this is your thing. And so you did a Save by the Bell uh, pop-up, which is called Save by the Max. You've got a Barbie thing that's also, I yep. think we should share, that that's going on in Chicago right now. We can talk about that. But Golden Girls is our focus. Um, first of all, it, it, brilliant. And I'm one of those Golden Girls masters of trivia. I mean, so I, you know, I do the WGN radio with my very old friend, Steve Dale, who, uh, you know, sometimes he forgets he's on the air but anyway um so so i have to ask i sent a trivia question into him he didn't have time to ask it but i'm gonna just test you a little bit the very first episode of the golden girls had a character who never appeared again do you know who that was or not who it was but what the character was oh man no i i don't think i'd rack my brain for that one there you go so and we'll just quit so they it was a character named coco and it was the housekeeper for the golden girls that he appeared uh in the first show and never came back because the dynamics between the girls were so strong and so good. He was a distraction. Um, was he meant to be a character character? Wow. Yes, he, was okay. in, he was in the pilot. And he was written in. He was meant to be a character. And they just, wow. after one episode, went, now let's get rid of this. Um, so, and of course, you may know some of the history too. Like, for example, Betty White was meant to be the, the original Blanche um because she was she had just done the mary tyler moore show where she was known as this sexual person and rue mcclanahan who was seen differently from her past show she was meant to be rose so uh but but it was the ladies themselves who said no you're typecasting me and i want to break out of this and they switch there's just so much to that show and the creation of it which is not why we're here to talk but it's a fascinating uh venture i'd like to think that's why it probably has a staying power it does right it's it it took like i i don't know you know people stood up for themselves people kind of gave their opinion a little bit further like you said the ladies had their input in it um they pushed envelopes it was uh you know it was a a show focused around women when in a time i'm sure a lot of shows were just focused around men so i think there was you know it spoke to a different community and looking back on it now I just think that like people were probably doubtful, right? It was the, an underdog story, right? You came yeah. along, you're like, oh, it's a show about a group of older women, like who's who's watching it? And look at us now, like it's on Hulu, it's on Hallmark, it's syndication. There's like, you, you went there, you saw the merchandise line that's available. It's a full retail store worth of stuff. It's crazy. So yeah, I always think back and go, I wonder if, you know, when they were getting this thing going, they had any idea that it had this kind of staying power. Because there's shows that have won more awards that, like let's say had bigger fan bases and stuff, but it's not streaming. It's not on syndication years later. It's not in every Walmart and target worldwide. You know what I mean? Like it's crazy. That one really had that staying power. And I will say anytime I've ever went to the wax museum in Hollywood, the Betty white figure is like the one people are gravitating towards. There's like Beyonce, Kylie Jenner, like all these really relevant ones. And you see everyone at the Betty white one always has people at it. It, what's so nice is Betty White, and I think people like Steve Dale from GN Radio, myself, who've interviewed her, she is as nice as you would hope she would be. There are some stories about them between cast members and stuff that they can be told, and some that I explored when I would interview them, and some would shock you, and we'll not talk about that here, but I'll tell you some other time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, over a glass of milk. Uh, but first of all, let's talk about this exhibit, because when you walk in, if you're a Golden Girls fan, you have recreated essentially the Golden Girls house. But I want to clarify for people, this is not filled with the actual props from the show. That's not what it is, but you would think it is. The only actual, let's call it artifact we have there, and it's actually super cool, is Andrew Gold's estate. Andrew Gold, who wrote Thank You For Being A Friend, um, sent us the music notes and music sheets from the original work that he did. 
So they framed it up super nice and sent to us, and it's on display at Golden Girls Kitchen. Outside of that, it's all stuff that we, you know, greatly recreated, like, you know, a ton of screenshots and really paying attention to certain elements. But, yeah, it's it's recreated. So you walk in, like you said, you're greeted with a six-foot thank you for being a friend neon, and you turn the corner, and there's the kitchen right there, which everyone loves. Um, we've recreated the Rusty Anchor, which is a bar um, on one of the episodes. So originally, our first location, we did the Shady Pines Bar, and people were like, hey, you missed it. Hold oh, no, on. Rusty Anchor. Rusty yeah. Anchor. I personally really wanted to figure out a way to have Shady Pines involved. Now we just have the Shady Pines retail store. So that worked itself out. But I just wanted some ode to everything that I felt. When you see when you hear Golden Girls, there are certain things. It's like Shady Pines. Everyone's always Shady Pines, Shady Pines. And I was like, how do you bake that in? You know, so having those little odes there, you turn the other corner, you're in Blanche's bedroom, which is a, probably the most fun recreations. Every time I pop on Instagram, you see the most over-the-top fun things going on in there. Um, people really using their imagination. And then um, we were really graced with a second floor at our Chicago location, which we did a um, recreation of their living room. And that was the first location we've done the living room in. And then we had this awesome big outdoor patio, which we did the lanai on. So super fun. We feel like, kind of like you said, it's this big activation. It's kind of playground for Golden Girls fans, you know, and we're learning, like, it's just so multi-generational. Like, the, we get, you know, groups of families we get date nights we get girls and boys night out and then we have um you know people who are a little bit older who maybe are, are not even going out to activations like this or may never have been so it's new to them so it's been really fun um just kind of catering to everybody and what, what also the night i was there and had dinner i want to talk about the menu with you but i can't tell you the number of people who came up came in dressed as golden girls characters oh, and, I love and i'm not talking about these weren't you know like the drag queens are doing that no these were just these were people who just they were dressing up for the golden girls to do that that night that's yeah. what it was about yeah we like to think that when people come to these things it's a version of disney for that fan base you know it's disney yeah. world for a golden girls fan so yeah they're dressing up they're coming there they're spending more than they normally would on retail and stuff like that it really yeah. is kind of like this big kind of like i touched on this is like a lot of people are coming to these things don't really go to like these activations even like what we're doing right now at Buculus quite often is different from the golden girl fan base right so as they're coming it's a brand new thing and it's it's just been great to, to, to see it happen and you know we want to make the most of it so if people are going to spend their hard-earned money on a premium ticket we want them to come in and really have a great time. And, and bucket list, I'll say this again, but bucketlisters.com is the, is the email. And I'll tell you what, I, I would go on and look at different nights. I mean, you're, you're selling out. I mean, it's, you got to like look to grab a time when there's an opening. But what I love about this as well is it includes dinner. Um, we'll talk about the brunches in a second, but it's in dinner and, but at all the meals. And this was brilliant there. I mean, because you, you've got all the meals like lasagnas. Lasa- uh, sorry, Sophia's Sophia's lasagna lasagna. Porno. Yep. These are in the cheesecake. These are things. These are from the show. If you know the show, these aren't just made up. Bacon, lettuce, and potato sandwich. Now, yes. with my group, I was more of a Golden Girls expert than everybody. I was explaining some of these things to them, including <laughs> right, Rusty right. Anchor, to say, no, this is where that's from. This is when it got referenced. How did all that? Let me. How did you? Did you come up with that? Did you sit around with friends? How did you create that menu and the names? So when when we decided it was going to be a dining experience, we wanted to take a couple approaches at it. One side is, like you said, yes, there's there's lasagna, there's cheesecake, there's the bacon, lettuce, potato sandwich, there's the cheese balls. Those are authentic to the show. Then there's items that you would hear, you know, uh, that were kind of like 
not real, but like, get me these ingredients. I want to do, you know, things like that. This is an insane Olaf. We had this and there was strawberry and there was banana and we're like, okay, 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 okay. And then we work with a chef like, hey, well, they, they named these six ingredients. I don't know what it is. It sounds like it's some sort of dessert. Can we bring it to life? And, you know, figuring those things out, it was really fun. I think outside of that, <clears throat> not many of my friends, you know, when you said, did you and your friends sit around and do it? Not a lot of my friends are watching Golden Girls, unfortunately, wow. or they die hard buffs to help me with it. But luckily there's Facebook groups and, and things like that, that I kind of tapped into and really wanted to know, like, through gauging that data, like, what are people saying? And you could Google, like, Golden Girls dinner party and see people, like, their dream dinner party would be, and you kind of, like, it was spitballing from there, so... Wanted to make sure there's Easter egg moments. Wanted to make sure, you know, um, the vinegar, uh, the, the uh, what's the salad dressing? Um, oh, I'm, dra- I'm drawing a blank on that oh, as well. But that's yeah. all right. Oh. Uh, secret sauce of the Virgin of Festival of Virgins. Secret sauce of the Festival of Virgins, right? I had to, I had to ask um, our GM who's sitting right next to me. <laughs> Well, you so, know, there's penny penny chicken. There's lots of different things we could be we could bring bringing in. Yeah, um, and and, and by for the next location for curation on a on a consultant level. Yeah, and I I just going to show you this by the way. This this is I've got a green screen behind me. Um, this was painted by Rue McClanahan. Just as a, a hobby she used to have. She used to paint designs on little jars and things. And um, so I yeah that that is from her. So maybe we should be displaying that um you know in the in the place although that would last about five seconds as soon as people knew what that was <laughs> yeah um, exactly we'll have to glue so, that by the down. way so it's not just so the experience that i went through was the, the dinner and then you tour around roam around you get 90 minutes to enjoy yourself and take pictures in the kitchen and all the I, you're right everybody is taking picture in blanche's bedroom they all want to lay on the bed exactly but there are actually more events so there's drag brunches which these days are more important than ever perhaps to be doing um but talk to me about the the, the drag brunches because listen there's some states you couldn't bring that event anymore that's right um well we're huge fans of drag so we love doing them we've done them in all four of our cities now that we've done this and they've actually just been a roaring success so working with local queens and local troops who curate them and making sure you know they're they're really speaking to the golden girls fan they're fun they're you know obviously thank you for being a friend and they're singing miami and you know the things that the golden girls fans would expect But like you said, they're super fun. They're high in demand. They're selling out faster than anything else on our, on our, on our site right now. So, you know, we definitely want to keep doing them. We figured out ways of doing like trivia nights. Um, We've done. Well, I was going to ask you about that. So, and the trivia nights are drag as well, right? Yep. Yeah, exactly. There was there to, to be totally transparent. There was, just wasn't enough drag brunches on sale that weren't selling out. We wanted to be able to give them more. So having a drag night, um, with trivia sounds like, you know, nothing better than that. Um, so they've done really well since we've launched those, they've been really fun. And then, um, we're trying out for the first city, uh, live podcast. So there's a local group named, uh, so good. We named it. Um, they did stuff at golden con and stuff. And we just thought they were so awesome. Such a cute, uh, show that they're going to come do a couple shows here. So we have those on sale too. So yeah, just figuring out like, what can we do with this awesome space outside of the authentic like dinner experience that we're providing right now? Like we've got it for the next few months. How do we make the most of it? And we're thinking of late night programming and, you know, just fun things like that too. And so good we named it, by the way. That second to the last episode, that's a reference between Dorothy and let you see when you're a fan, you know exactly where the lines go, where they got said. Yeah. Um, 
Now, I do want to ask you because this is known as a pop-up. And I, you know, I mean, I've come to learn pop-ups that means you're only there for a short period of time. Is there some point, like, what is the date you're here? Do you get to extend if you want to? Do you get tossed out at some point? Because you're in a space that clearly was a bar beforehand. Yeah, so luckily, okay, well, you know, let me rewind a little bit. Buculus works with a lot of awesome partners, just a lot of great restaurant groups, a lot of bars, a lot of um, activations, Navy Pier, you know, we're it's just a, a vast majority of partners, right? But um, we we end up working with people who we can partner with on a longer term basis and really help them out and, you know, employ their staff and use their space in creative ways. So for Golden Girl specifically, like, we're able to activate in that space as long as we feel like it's, uh, you know, worth continuing to go. And ideally, when that one ends there, we'll replace it with another really fun IP studio partnership. Ah, okay. In that same space. In the same space. Yeah. So when I did say by the max years back at, in Wicker Park, originally the idea was to use that space like that. We ended up coming up with a really fun permanent concept, which we plugged in instead. Um, but you know, the, the idea for me is to find a space that's really turnkey and be able to just go through a bunch of concepts that are totally different back to back and reuse the space in creative ways. I was thinking to walk into that space, I could see it working either way. You could either say, I want to do the Golden Girls and let me find a space for it, which is what you did. But on yep. the other hand, I could say, look at the space. This is like Golden Girls space. With the, you know, and it could work either way. I, I do at least want to give a shout out to the Barbie thing because I know that's running right now, Malibu Barbie. Um, and I know you're on our morning show uh, to, to cover that. But just go ahead and give some details about that. Not in the same location, different place, whole different operation. But people should at least know about it. Yeah, Malibu Barbie's happening right now in or, or Wednesday. So um, it opens Wednesday in the West Loop. Um, well, when this airs, it's already open. But we're going to hold okay. it. So it'll okay. already be open. So, so it's now open in the West Loop. Right. Um, and it's a similar situation. We took over an existing really awesome partner's space. It was once called um, Electric Garden, and now it's Malibu Barbie Cafe. And this one is super fun, fun for all ages. Um, families can come have a good time date nights, grown-ups, um, parties, things like that. Pay for your ticket, similar situation. It comes with the main entree and a side item. We just love to, to give people something tangible with that ticket price so they know there's like exactly what they're kind of getting outside of the fun photo ops and stuff, and they're you know leaving with something. Um, there's a ton of really fun photo activities, and we built a mini roller skating rink in the back of it here for people that they can do while they're here in that 90-minute window as well. So should be really fun, a lot of pink, a lot of fun stuff. The menu is awesome, um, and that'll go for the next uh, – to like mid-September. Did you, you know, you said a lot of pink. Of course, that's what Barbie is. I actually saw a story on the news recently, true story, which said pink, pink because shortage. of the Barbie, pink, pink is now – right, there's a world shortage of pink because of the yeah. movie and everything. Yep, I think we might have contributed to that. <laughs> well, and you know, it, it, it's listen, it's for joy, so it, it's all right. And you know, it, it looks like you're always appealing to a broad family kind of audience. Although I would think Golden Girls Barbie, they are different audiences, right? So, would you say Barbie skews a little bit younger? Golden Girls, arguably, skews a little bit older. But family, you're going to have fun at all these things. Yeah, I'd say these are two pretty different crowds, right? There can be definitely some overlap. I'd say, you know, Buculus, when we're thinking events, typically we're, we're thinking like bar activities, things that involve drinking, things that are like group outings, date nights, right? Barbie is, Malibu Barbie is definitely our first venture that I think it was like, well, how do we appeal to a more like broad audience? How do we appeal to families? So it's definitely been a different approach to it um, and a unique one, but it's, I think it's definitely opening up the doors to want to go more into that. 
Um, I do think that like each experience is different in that we know exactly who's coming to it. And like you said, right. If they're, if they're different, like does Malibu Barbie have coloring pages and golden girls doesn't. And, and does golden girls have, you know, certain things on the playlist that we think we can get away with that we know you can't play in front of kids. So things like that, they have their own, own sort of moments. Well, how they're and, brought together. and I know on the table you sit down, there's a little golden girls word finder thing, which I took yeah. home and I did it because I don't care if it's for a kid. Uh, <laughs> and that was great fun. No, they're for grownups. We always like to think that, you know, some of my best memories are, are like watching golden girls with my grandma while she's like knocking out a crossword puzzle. So we wanted to, to do that as well. Very fun. Um, do, I know the server staff, and it makes sense. They're younger on the younger side. They would be. Um, and so I had great fun as, as I was interacting with them, sort of, uh, you know, they don't know the Golden Girls as I did and stuff. But what I loved about it was they all had a great interest in it. So there was one server who said, oh, I'm watching it now. I'm, you know, they all feel the need to kind of bone up on the series because they, they that's where they're working. But at the same time, a lot of them who said, I'd never heard of this, and now I'm really into it. And that's victory right there. Yeah. Well, I mean, when we, when they get hired on, I think people understand the best level of service you could give someone is understanding why, 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 why they are there and how to kind of make the experience better. And if you can be able to talk about the time they sang Miami or, you know, I, I think even something as small as like someone sits down at a table and you thank them for being a friend, what can I get you to drink tonight? Like it, it, the experience is like, people are like, Oh, I've arrived, you know? So I think, yeah, the, the staff alone, I think they take it on themselves like, all right, I'm going to brush up on this. I'm going to really learn into it so I can give a good show to the guests. Ultimately, that just, you know, it helps their tip-based employees, right? It's the, right. They're, gonna, they're, they're putting on a show. So, by the way, the brunch menu, people come to brunch. It, I, it, I believe it's the same as the dinner menu, menu right? Yeah. Lasagna, the same options. Yeah, so actually before this location, we didn't have more of an all-day menu where we added in things that we think that can be considered an all-day menu. There was a point where it was like, do I have to have lasagna for 10.30 a.m. seating? So we kind of looked at that and we're like, all right, we need to, to work on that a little bit. Um, yeah, the girls had breakfast, so there's, you know... Yeah, they, love exactly. their, they love their Patriots dog. What What is your background, Derek? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm guessing that you might have, I, you could have e- either been in the arts in, in your background or you could have been in business. I mean, I, both of those things make total sense. Yeah, I come from an events background. So I'm, like I said, I, I'm, I'm originally from South Florida, but I moved to Chicago in 2005. So I, whenever everybody asks me what's home, I just say Chicago. And these days, like, that's not a bad thing to say. No, exactly. I feel like Chicago <laughs> is home, right? I have a lot of like things outside of Bucket List I do in the city. I'm a partner in a couple bars and restaurants here. So um, just very much come from the hospitality event background. Oh, okay. um, my first venture at this specific thing, which I feel like my lane I'm kind of known for it is pop-up restaurants now, was Saved by the Max, right? And Saved right. by the Max story started way differently. That was just a joke between me and a couple friends. I put a Facebook page up to sort of just play with some people and see what would happen. And, um, what is this publication? Chicago one. It's not around anymore. Chicagoist. Remember that one? Chicagoist. Chicagoist. Oh, okay. So Chicagoist was like Gothamist, but for Chicago, okay. it was like in the vein of like red eye and reader and okay, gotcha. you are Chicago and th- whatever. So, um, they picked the story up, they wrote it and then time, magazine picked his story up and it hit the wire and next thing you know it was viral and Saved by the Max came together and it was like oh my gosh this thing and then I kind of transitioned from okay I'm in nightlife I'm in events I'm you know managing live events to all right I'm 
creating pop-up restaurants now, which is a hybrid of everything I've ever done, kind of pulling these all together. And it created its own business model after Saved by the Max. Um, you know, Nick Lodi reached out and said, we love your work. Good Burger. Would you like to do something? And then I said, great. And then uh, Netflix reached, or, or Sony reached out and said, we're doing El Camino Breaking Bad on Netflix. Would you want to do a Breaking Bad pop-up? And then I sort of became like the pop-up guy that people went to if they yeah. had a restaurant that could be something involved in that. And now it's like very my unique lane that I feel like I've become good at. So my background kind of is all over the place, but somehow all the skill sets come together in this marriage for this unique thing I do. Yeah, you're like the Bill Gates of the of the pop-up world. I mean, it's just Oh my gosh, thank amazing. you. Well, so, and it, because one of the things I was going to ask you too is looking to the future from what you're saying, because you're now approached by entities saying, Hey, this is coming up. Do you want to do it? Because my sense was I could think of all the things growing up. I love Lucy, right? I can go on yep. and on. It's like, do you think of those two or now has it become a forward future looking thing? That's a really good question. So there was a very long time and I feel extremely blessed and like it's a very like humbling thing to think about, right? Because it doesn't feel like it wasn't like long ago, but there was a time where I was sending pitch decks out like every three days to a different studio, five different pitches this week, five different pitches this week. And it was like, cool, like maybe. And and now like, again, like just like very humbling, like very blessed. But like we are, I am in a place, especially joining books now where there's people reaching out saying like, Hey, look, you know, we have this happening. Hey, we look, we have this or, Hey, I'm from NBC. Here's, 500 films that we have the IP to, what do you want to do? You yeah. know, so it really is. And kind of taking a schedule and figuring out, Oh wow, there is all these different, really cool things. To do. So super dream scenario and like joining Bucky list and the outreach they already have helps me kind of take an, an IP and put it onto a major megaphone versus like, you know, originally I would just buy ads on Bucky list and hope it translated. Well, now I'm like doing it with Bucky list and we're able to say like, all right, in Chicago, We've got 2.5 million followers already. So when we announce this thing, we know there's a really large megaphone it's coming out on. Well, it's, I was sending people to bucketlisters.com for, for tickets and stuff, but is there is there a better website to learn? No, about that's it. Okay. Bucketlisters.com, and you'll find out everything we're doing in all the different cities. But Chicago, you'll see all the stock we have, and it's, you know, Golden Girls, Barbie. Um, you can kayak on the river. You can do all these really fun things and cross them off your bucket list. Gotcha. And well, I can also see, obviously, when you're, if you're beginning to think and you are thinking of different cities, I know Golden Girls has been in LA and New York and stuff, but that has to be part of your consideration too, right? What will play in Chicago? I mean, Chicago has a, you know, I mean, listen, there's no, you live here, there's no better audience in the world when it comes to theater and these kind of things. It's such a great city. But yeah. are there certain things you would say, like you'd say, well, Golden Girls, well, I would never take it where I'm not naming a city, but I wouldn't take it here. I don't think it would play yeah, there. Yeah. Is that part of the consideration? Absolutely. Yeah. Market. Well, luckily we market test a lot of these things through like dark Facebook ads and, and strategic ways to know if we can kind of think it work. But yeah, there's definitely, I mean, look, I, I, I think golden girls right now. And the first thing I'm thinking isn't like Denver sounds great. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm thinking San Fran. I'm thinking there's certain markets that make sense for it. And obviously Miami is, is the big one for us. It would have been very easy to do Miami as the first one off the bat but I think for we wanted to get a couple under our belt really blow it up in some major cities New York LA Chicago and bring it to Miami in a bigger setting so our goal right now is to open it or at least get it on sale for National Golden Girls Day which is a thing that doubles the National Cheesecake Day July 30th and open it before the end of the year um, in Miami. Well, and while you've been open, you know, they also had the national, not not national, but the girls, the Golden Girls Convention, 
which yep, you're yep. talking about. So there's that, there's that too. So do you have to wait? I mean, can this be in more than one city? I mean, obviously all the furniture and the materials and everything, it's very Golden Girls. Can you replicate it or will the next location have to wait until you decide to wrap it up in Chicago? We're actually simultaneously in San Fran and Chicago right now. Okay, so it's easy enough to replicate because you it, it's about the look and the material and all that. And how? Okay, so you- I, I wouldn't call it easy to replicate, okay. <laughs> but it is, but we're able to. So yeah. So our New York set went to Chicago, and then we built a new set for San Fran, and that San Fran set will go to uh, Miami when the time comes. Gotcha. And that's right, because you actually, I imagine you have to find the fabrics and the patterns that are from the time period. Is that what makes it tough? I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot of key elements that go into this. You know, we've done a few now, so we have those key elements, but like down to finding a good photo that goes behind the window in the in the kitchen to make it look authentic, like you're looking out of a window in Miami, which is obviously just a, a high-res print, backlit, but even, you know, down to those things. And no location is ever the same, right? So when we do send the set from New York to Chicago, it got to Chicago and then it had to be reworked to fit within that space. And what, Oh, yeah, you know, have to. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So those are the things. And then, yeah, sourcing stuff, getting the cake pan that looks like the, the lobster or the other item that people call it, you know, um, things like that, right? right? Just finding those materials are not easy. Getting the painting that's on the wall redone and stuff like that. And the yellow phone, like you think it's easy to find a yellow phone. Then you find out how hard it's to find the exact yellow phone that they had. Wow. Yeah. Smart. Okay. Well, see, this is the kind of thing people, I've got to appreciate that. I get that. By the way, uh, upstairs on the Lanai area, it looks like you are open for special events or, you know, bachelorette parties or something. Because it looks like a, a space available for that. Am I right? Yeah. So outside of the Lanai on the patio, it's a massive patio. So about half the patio is the Lanai and then there's kind of a spillover area. That's actually because 90 people, people have a 90 minute reservation. And when their reservation ends, we normally, unfortunately, have to ask them you know, to leave because the next person's coming and that's going to fill that table. With this massive rooftop now, we're able to say if you want to stick around, essentially, you can go upstairs and have a drink hang out if you show up early for your reservation instead of saying like hey you have to queue in line over here you can send them up to the roof to hang out so yeah it is starting to get rented as the weather gets nicer for like private events and things like that so yeah it's been a really awesome unique scenario we haven't had in any other city yet so right now for people to go to bucketlisters.com what what date are you booking out till what date are you comfortable with now we're on sale until mid-august right now okay i think it'll go beyond that I hope so. I really do. I mean, I love this city. Like I keep saying, I, so I live in Hollywood right in in LA right now, but every time I'm coming back, I'm reminded just how special the city is. And like, when you do something on like a more grand level and put some money behind it and put some real thought behind it in Chicago specifically, I think it goes such a long way. Yeah. And, you know, there's so many different, th- I mean, listen, I, I was going to sit down and talk with you over a drink, but there's so many different people, you know, uh, uh, B had a, had a son, adopted son. I mean, there's so many different people you could probably like play or people who in different episodes or some are still around and, you know, like, can you get them to come in, make an appearance, something like that. It would just bring all the people back again and again, because now yeah. there's somebody tied to the show. Agreed. I totally agree. I also have a signed script by everybody so I can maybe. Oh, put out that somewhere as well. Amazing. Derek, you, you have really found, you know, sometimes people kind of trip over their career and whatever. And it, you know, it didn't sound like you grew up saying, I think I'll be a bucket listers pop-up guy. No, uh, no, but you found the right thing, man. You really did. Thank you so much, man. I was really great talking to you. Like I said, so I watched you for many, many years. I live in Chicago. Such an honor to speak to you, Paul. Really. I mean it. When I saw the email come in today, I, I, a couple days I said, Michael, 
that is awesome like oh, super cool to actually have some some real time to talk together so thanks for even making time and well, my pleasure on. and i'm not as old as steve dale so just so you know like, <laughs> being with him you were with a much much older person but i but i i i get the point i appreciate that Good luck. I love it. I, I You can just go to this thing over and over again. And I know people are and people do. Uh, yeah. Congratulations to you. It's, it's really super. Uh, Derek Barry, I'm so glad you I'm so glad you're a friend. You're a pal and a confidant. Thank you for and being so a friend. Thank we are all those right now. Bucketlisters.com. Get your tickets through mid-August. Can't promise it's going to stay later. Hopefully it will, but don't count on it. So get your tickets now. Derek, thank you for your time. I appreciate you. And, and uh, one day we'll have uh, we'll have some cheesecake together. Yes, sir. Thank you, Paul. Thank you.